Thank you, choir. That's Advanced Memorial Church Chancel Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding. Scriptures today, first from the Hebrew Bible, come from the book of Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, starting in the 5th verse. Thus says the Lord, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. They shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes. They shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, test the mind and search the heart to give to all according to their ways, according to the fruit of their doings. And we're picking up. I'm still reading from 1 Corinthians. I want you to hear the book. We're not really studying it all here, but the words of 1 Corinthians to the early church are for us this day coming from the 15th chapter, starting at the 12th verse. Now, if Jesus is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain, and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify of God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then, the, then, then those also who have died in Christ, have perished. If, for this life, only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. And here in the sixth chapter of Luke, starting at the 16th, nope, 17th verse. Jesus was on the mountain in this version. And Jesus came down with them, all the people, and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him. For power came out of him and healed all of them. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said... 
Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward in heaven is great. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mark Lawson is a very good preaching pastor in the Lutheran church, and he tells the story of his dad, his dad who had spent 60 years with his mother in marriage and then was crushed when his wife Mark's mother went to live in a nursing home because Alzheimer's had ravaged her brain. And Mark tells the story. His father seemed to have trouble coming to adjust to this reality. He went and visited her more than every day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes three times a day. And so Mark got a call from the pastor of the church that his dad pastored for 20 years. And a pillar of the church had died. And so the pastor was inviting him back to be part of the service and to see the people who had been there to celebrate the life of this great man who had died. And they went together to this service and people made over him, were happy to see him. He was happy to celebrate the life of his old friend. And even the new pastor came and sat with him and talked about all the things that he had done in his legacy to contribute to that congregation. And Mark thought for sure that his dad would now finally get over what had happened to his mom. And as they were leaving the service, he sort of said that, or something like it. And his dad said something like this. Son, I've been married to your mother for 60 years. We've been partners in life. We've raised children together. She was the first lady of the churches I served. And she's now gone. Disease has ravaged her life. She's been taken from me. And so if I don't seem to be quite adjusting the way you think I should, too bad. I deserve to weep.
think about that. I deserve to weep. Sometimes life is so hard for us that we deserve to weep. There's a story that John Westerhoff, the great Christian educator, tells about a little girl who was missing from coming home from school. She was late coming home, and her parents started to get worried, and they went out to look for her. And when they found her, they said, well, my friend, Sarah, fell down on our way home, and she broke her doll. And her parents said, oh, well, then you were late because you stopped to help her pick up the pieces and put it back together again. And she said, no, I was late because I stopped to cry with her. We deserve to weep. See, in Luke, this is not the Sermon on the Mount like it is in Matthew. In in Matthew, there are nine Beatitudes and no woes. And I love the woes because you know the woes are where like, like the 16-year-old girl who, who breaks up with her boyfriend and she says, Woe is me, my life is over. Woes. Luke has woes in it. And they only have four beatitudes, not nine. And Jesus is not on a mountain in Luke. I mean, yes, in Luke. He's come down, and this is called the Sermon on the Plain. And you're saying to me, well, why does that matter? It matters because he's not speaking down to people from a mountain. He's in the midst of them, telling them about these beatitudes. Because they're for them, all of them. In in Matthew, he's just speaking to his disciples. Here, because of the geography... We know he's speaking to the whole known world. These are for you, people. And yet, we hear in our ear, we deserve to weep. He listened to Kathy Brown gave us really the G version of Wheeling Health, right? There is a R version or maybe even an X version of what they do. 26,000 patients is ridiculous. There, there are some hospitals, I, I would suppose, don't have 26,000 patients. But, for example, did you know that one of the reasons they now have dental care there is because the poor who don't go to see a dentist regularly will get abscesses. And then they get septic. And then they die. Just from lack of dental care. That's why they have dentists coming there now. to make sure that the poor can live, literally. They give out medicine that people need. They see all kinds of people that maybe would have trouble seeing a regular doctor and certainly don't have money to. 
And we could probably stand here and scream at the injustice of that, but instead, Congregations for Caring has taken it upon them to do something else about it. Make sure that population is served well. But it's a sad thing that that's the need in our community and that the need is that great. We deserve to weep. And of course, to a certain extent, don't we all? Really. We're broken people. Our relationships fall apart. Our loved ones leave us. We have financial problems that drive us crazy. Our work is hard. Kids don't behave the way they're supposed to. And no, we won't even talk about the grandkids. Life is hard. We deserve to weep. And yet here, Luke says to, the, to us, Blessed are you who mourn, because you will laugh. Woe to you who laugh, for you will mourn. Note two things about that. One, unlike Matthew, Luke tells us this in the second person. He's talking to you, the people in the crowd amongst him. All of you are Jesus' audience. And he also is talking not only in the present tense, but also in the future. He's not just talking about the poor in spirit. He's talking about the literal poor. Literally those who mourn will laugh. Seems counterintuitive, huh? But here's the thing. Jesus knows that for all these people who came to him needing healing and comfort... God is always present. Yes, dear ones, you will mourn. But because God is with you, you will laugh. The poor we always have with us, and that's a sad thing. But they shall rise. Jesus tells the people that, but he also tells his disciples that it's our job to bring blessing and to help people avoid woe. Jesus doesn't give us specifics on how to do that, but he surely gives us an outline on what we need to have to make that happen underlying assumption of Luke is that faith in God will turn our woes 
into blessings. We deserve to weep. But God won't let us stay there forever. Thanks be to God. Amen.